This is the Gordon Damer Show on 98.7 ESPN. This is the Gordon Damer Show. All this talk about Aaron Rodgers coming back and be back in the bit. Bringing Aaron Rodgers back this season behind this offensive line, when this is a guy that you think you're going to have a relationship with beyond this year, like if this were his final season and you wanted to get back, okay, fine. But this is a guy that you see being your quarterback next year and maybe beyond. Who knows? Bringing Aaron Rodgers back this season behind this offensive line would be organizational malpractice. Now back to the Gordon Damer Show on 98.7 ESPN. We used to do a segment on the Saturday show when we were in the afternoons of the polar opposite of power rankings. Every show seemingly does their own NFL power rankings. Who's the best? Well, a couple of years ago, with the Jets and Giants struggling as much as they were, how would I be in position to judge who's the best? I watch the Jets and Giants every week. So we came up with a segment which was the polar opposite of power rankings, otherwise known as the poop rankings. Everyone else is arguing who's best. Our job was to identify who was the worst. But after last year, we shelved the segment. What sense would it make to just talk about the worst teams in the NFL if the Jets and Giants weren't involved? But every time I think I'm out, the poop rankings drag me back in. The Jets and Giants drag me back in. And given the situation with the New York Giants, well, looking at what we have with the rest of the schedule and where things are lined up right now, it seemed like a fine time to bring back polar opposite of power ranking. So we'll start it off at number five, the fifth worst team in the NFL. It's not a team. It's Zach Wilson. I know my, I know, I understand. This is a Zach Wilson freeze. We usually save this spot for teams, but I felt like there wasn't a fifth team that jumped out to me. And I saw some stats this week that just kind of like blows my mind. Football perspective on Twitter. Last five seasons, there have only been four teams that have scored eight or fewer offensive touchdowns through eight games. Five seasons, four teams. Three of the four teams are the Jets. (laughs) 2019 New York Jets, the 2020 New York Jets, and the 2023 Jets. And think about it. 2019, yes. Is Is that a poop sound? Are you playing at the right speed? All right. 2019, the Jets were bottom three in points and yards. So what do they do? They, they bring in Joe Douglas eventually, remakes the team, new players in every spot. and Okay, so how does it look now? They're still bottom three in points and yards. And the, you, there was a line that Robert Sala had after the game on Monday night that did not get nearly enough attention. Someone asked him, I guess, it was this the worst you've seen Zach? He's, oh, that wasn't even close to Zach Wilson's worst game. They threw 49 times, averaged five yards a pass. The quarterback was sacked eight times, fumbled three times, and lost two of them. And the coach, nah, it wasn't even close to his worst. And you know what? He's right. wasn't his worst. So number five on the uh, polar opposite of power rankings is Zach Wilson. We give it one more time. There you go. All right. So, um, all right. So, from this point, starting now, no more Zach Wilson talk. Uh, Number four on the uh, polar opposite of power rankings, the New England Patriots. 
Patriots are traveling to Germany this week, and the only question that matters is how do we force them to stay there? How bad has it gotten in New England? Well, as detailed in The Athletic this week, Jack Jones, one of the Patriots uh, defensive players, he was arrested in the offseason for bringing loaded guns to the airport. How can you... I mean, who hasn't been in that spot, right? Don't you know it? Ah, I brought these with me again? Darn it. No. Well, he got arrested for that. After last week's game, he liked a tweet that read that he would have been better off pleading guilty and going to jail than being part of this Patriots team. He liked the tweet. As for Bill Belichick, even with all of his success, even the great Bill Belichick, it shows you don't get an unlimited runway. Even for him, even after six Super Bowls, the heat is hot for the seat of Bill Belichick. Isn't that amazing? And, and rightfully so. After all, who does he think he is? Brian Cashman? You don't get unlimited. Isn't it wild that there's been more stories about Bill Belichick getting fired than there are about Brian Cashman getting fired? Is that, is that, is that puzzling to anybody else? So again, number four on the polar opposite of power rankings, the New England Patriots. There you go. Okay, number three. You know them. You love them. They are the New York football giants. Imagine being a young child in 2011. Giants win the Super Bowl. You think, this is what my life is going to be like? Oh, young boy. Young child, it has not turned out that way. You've made the playoffs twice since and have been outscored in those two games 76-20. to 20. I was trying to think of a movie equivalent of where the Giants organization is at, and I, can't, I have come up with the perfect one. Has anyone ever seen the movie The Edge? Anthony Hopkins, Alec Baldwin, uh, the actor, I think his name is Harold Piranu. He was on the Oz, he was on Lost, L. McPherson. Hey, down. Basically, if you've not seen the movie, great movie, rewatchable movie, great movie. But essentially, it's a group of people traveling. I think it was the Alaskan wilderness for a, for a photo shoot. They, they're on a small plane, and it crashes in the forest, right? They survived the crash. Alec Baldwin, Hopkins, Piranu, L. McPherson was not on the plane, sadly. But they get lost in the forest. They survive, but they got no supplies, and they, 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 there's not going to be a rescue. They need to figure out a way to hike their way out of the wilderness, right? So Anthony Hopkins has this way of like creating a compass uh, out of a, a piece of silk and a needle. So they're all excited. They, they think, all right, we know where we're going. I don't know if they had to head south or north, wherever. But great, we have real hope. And they start walking. And they walk for like a day and a half. There's a bear that's involved, but that, leave that for another time. They walk for like a day and a half, and they, they're filled with hope. And then all of a sudden, when they're walking, they realize, wait a second. This is where we started. We're right back to where we started. They had this false hope of progress only to find that they are lost in the wilderness. My friends, I give you the New York Giants. This year feels like a series of new rock bottoms. They opened the year. Think about it. They opened the year losing 40 to nothing. And somehow, against all odds, it just keeps getting worse. 
That scene from Tommy Boy where uh, Chris Farley sits on the, the park bench and he thinks it can't get any worse and then the park bench breaks because he's so fat? That's the Giants! Could have done without that? Yes, we all could have done without that. Just when you think with the Giants it can't get any worse, it gets worse. Nine games. The offense has scored single digits in six of them. The quarterback's hurt. The offensive line is worse than ever. The moves they made to help the offense last offseason have been a nightmare. So you might be going into this week's game thinking, well, how can it possibly get any worse than this? And I think I find myself after games thinking, well, it can't get any worse than this. The Giants find a way. Some teams, they find a way to, to make it better. The Giants find a way to make it worse. So I would like to think that losing to the Raiders is like rock bottom. I don't know. The Giants have proved it can always get worse. So number three on the polar opposite of power rankings, the poop rankings are the New York Giants. Number two, I would put the Arizona Cardinals there, and I will just say this. Yes. The Arizona Cardinals, if they bring back Kyler Murray now and it results in them not getting the number one pick, that would be the single dumbest move a franchise has ever made. Ever. You're going no pl- – what are you doing? You're, you're in line to get a number one pick, and if you like Kyler Murray – Great. Keep Kyler Murray and trade that pick for a slew of... They'll write a Christmas, 12 days of Christmas songs with all the picks you're going to be able to be able to trade that pick, that number one pick for. Clayton Tune, that's the guy. He's playing your tune to get the number one overall pick in a year where there's a can't-miss quarterback. And if you do think that that Caleb Williams is a can't-miss quarterback, well, then simply take him. As far as Clayton Toon, he's he is one of only two quarterbacks in NFL history to get shut out in their first NFL start. Dude threw, played the entire game through for 58 yards. He makes you-know-who look like uh, Terry Bradshaw. Can't mention his name. I've mentioned it already too, now, too much. So if the Arizona Cardinals do bring back Kyler Murray, they are absolute stone-cold morons. So that leaves the number one spot for, oh, I'm sorry, uh, number two on the uh, polar opposite of power rankings. That would be your Arizona Cardinals. Number one spot, got to go to the Carolina Panthers. They've had a, yeah, Carolina Panthers, one-win season. They've had a two-win season. And maybe worst of all, they had Matt Rule. But this really kind of feels like it's the worst. The Panthers are not just a bad team. They're a dumpster fire of an organization. In their last five years under David Tepper, they've had five head coaches. Giants fire guys after two seasons. The Panthers, they don't even wait that long. They have never had a winning season under David Tepper, their owner. And and this one is almost certainly going to be their worst one. Mainly because they traded away last year's first round pick, which this year might be the number one pick. And think back. Last year, they had Steve Wilkes kind of, when was that? A couple of years ago? Was that last year? He took over like an impossible situation. He got them to seven wins, and they're like, eh, you know what? Nah, we're not going to keep you. No, we're going to go out and we're going to get um, a, a different head coach and bring them in. It's a, it's a mess. The Carolina Panthers are, are a mess of a situation, and it's very possible that Frank Reich is the next coach to get fired and, and do so after one season. So I guess that would be six coaches in six years. It's amazing. 
So there you go. Number one on the polar opposite of power rankings, your Carolina Panthers. And those there are the uh, polar opposite of power rankings, the poop rankings for week number 10. Usually the most shows would start these things at the beginning of the season, but who was to know? I thought the Giants would be halfway decent this year. And at least for right now, the Jets are not on the polar opposite of power rankings. If they lose to the Raiders this week, though, there's a possibility. 1-800-919-ESPN is the telephone number coming up. Let's get into the Yankees a little bit. Enough of this football talk, no? Yankees had had quite the week for themselves, haven't they? Had quite the season for themselves and quite the week with the owner talking and the GM talking. Very different messages from the same organization. Usually that would be a sign of dysfunction. Now back to the Gordon Damer Show on 98.7 ESPN. Oh, it's the Gordon Damer Show. It's 98.7 FM. ESPN New York, 1-800-919-ESPN is the telephone number, one 800 919 Seven six. Let's uh, let's get some phone calls involved here. Let's go to uh, let's see here. Tommy is in Connecticut. Tommy, next up on the Gordon Damer Show. Gordo, good morning. How are you, Tommy? I appreciate you uh, shouting me out before, but I was telling Harv when I was uh, being screened until this morning. I had no idea that the poop ranking stood for power. Or polar, polar opposite of power, power rankings. Power. Yep. Quite creative on our part. Yes. And uh, I, I think I think you took some. Uh, Serious uh, leaps not having the Giants at one or two. Well, you see, the thing is that the Giants, at least they have their pick after the season. So Carolina not having the pick, and it could very well be the number one. It's going to be kind of hard to supplant them there in terms of just organizational malpractice. Uh, Now, Arizona, you could definitely get ahead of Arizona. Um, But... We'll have, to, we'll have to see how these things play out from week to week, Tommy. That's all I can tell you. No one knows the future. Oh, we lost Tommy? Oh, we lost Tommy. That's a shame. Let's go out to Richard is in Manhattan. Richard, what's going on, my friend? Gordon, I follow New York football 62 years. Uh-huh. This is the worst concomitant quarterbacking I've ever seen. Okay. And when you factor in that Goodell and the NFL wants quarterbacks to succeed, yeah. High scoring. Everything is slanted in the quarterback wide receiver advantage. This is the worst I have ever seen. Now, I mean, the Jets are 4-4, four four, so they're still making it interesting, so that's okay. But this quarterbacking I'm seeing on both sides of the ball. You know, the Giants are averaging 11 points a game. Now, the season is high, over. considering when you watch the games. It was 11. Wow, 11 po- it's that much. Yeah. Good. The last time they ever averaged 11 points a game was in 1944. <laughs> this is that day. even with Joe Pasagic and Randy Dean and uh, Gary uh, Gary Wood in 1966. I remember them all. The terrible court. Dave Brown. They still average more, and the, and it's slanted for the quarterbacks to succeed. This is the. I mean, you know, as long as we win some games. All right. Now the NBA. I don't know what Adam Silver is doing. This is not a way to get it. Done. I can't watch the games. I can't watch that court. I, I mean, I'm a pure. Really? I can't watch. It. I, you I, I, I don't. I, I got to be honest with you. I generally hate a lot of things. The court part of it, I, I don't really mind it. It's it's something that catches your eye. It's like a circus. Yeah, it, looks like it is. A circus. I, and, I and, and, want, I'm watching basketball for the purity of the game. Well, I want to watch these athletes perform. I'm not looking for colorful images on the court. That's awful. Anyway, Gordon, last time we spoke, we had a conversation. I didn't like what the Mets did. 
Right. I said, Gordon, I don't Dumping believe in that. I believe in the now. And mm-hmm. what, now, tonight, when you go home, Gordon, or after the show, yeah. are you going to go home and have a piece of cake or a little scoop of ice cream or something? I, I generally try to stay away from the sweets, although I do have well, a sweet tooth. But let's say, for argument's sake, I have a nice little piece of cake. There let's, you go, Gordon. Right. Do you think that that is not doing anything for your future good? No, not at all. No, no that's bad okay. for me. There you go. So you're only thinking in the now, just like I am when I watch the Mets, and I'm seeing Scherzer pitch. I saw him pitch that last game on July 23rd or 24th, Friday night, and I said, this guy is going to rocket us the rest of the season. I wasn't willing to give up this season. And for somebody to tell me, the owner, that we're doing this for next season or the season, it just doesn't jive with me, Gordon. I love to... That's I understand, I am, Richard. But... Well, look, I, I think when you find yourself in a position that the Mets found themselves in this year, it made sense. And getting out of that Scherzer contract, even for the Mets, who don't care about money and money is no object, uh, I, I think that that was the right move to make. That uh, when you can see that the na- when the now is as bad as it is, the only thing you can look to is the future. Now, if there's something to be salvaged, if the Mets had still been in the race at that point, I would say, okay, stay with it. Stick with it. Maybe we've seen plenty of teams where it looks ugly at times and then all of a sudden something clicks down and you get hot and you get into the playoffs with the playoff format. Sometimes that works. That wasn't going to work for the Mets. So if, if it's not working now, it's about – and we already knew that after the season the Mets were going to have a change in direction. If it hadn't been David Stearns, it was going to be somebody else. So I didn't have a problem with, uh, with what the Mets did. But there's no question. They did give up on the season. David is in New Jersey. David, what's going on, man? Gordon, what's going on? So basically, I just wanted to give some credit and some love to Monica McNutt. She's calling the Knicks games on ESPN Radio, and she is doing such a great job. She's very underrated, and she definitely deserves some love and respect from everybody. For that. Uh, no, no questions asked. Absolutely. Thank you, brother. Have a good day. All right, there we go. Just uh, wanted to give some props. I, I like it. I don't. I, I see Monica when she's on the post game shows. I don't generally listen to the radio during the games, but um, when I have, they, she's done a fantastic job. The radio job with all the different people they have in and out, they've all done a fantastic job. So uh, I like it. Now back to the Gordon Damer Show on ninety eight point seven ESPN. It's impossible. I'm just getting warmed up. Full of hijinks. And look, I'm not your friend, so I'm not your friend. I'm your enemy. And educational. You sound like you're a moron. It's what I learned on TikTok, starring Gordon Damer. Now, see, I would say it actually is starring uh, Harvey Cruz and Joe Leo. But that's because I'm, I'm a giver. I'm not a taker. I'm a giver. But it is the Gordon Damer Show. It is 98.7 FM ESPN New York. It is Saturday. It's 1030. So that means it's time for what I learned on TikTok. If you're new to this segment or the show, how it works is I, as a 52-year-old man, spend way too much time on that TikTok app. But it's generally because I learn such interesting but yet completely useless information. Can't use it anywhere else. It's useless. So I crafted a little segment where I will present four pieces of information to both Joe and Harvey, three of which are made up. I've just made, I haven't learned anything anywhere. But one of these pieces of information is true, and it is something I learned this week on TikTok, and they have to kind of decipher what's true and what's not. So Harvey and Joe, are you uh, ready to roll, guys? Ready as I'll ever be. All right. That's not a yes. But let's start it off with Harvey. All right, Harvey, here we go. Number one. 
Gavrilo Princip, the assassin who triggered World War I, was out of prison before the World War even ended. Number two, in 2010, Nicolas Cage purchased a plot in a New Orleans cemetery to construct a pyramid mausoleum. Number three, in the movie Anchorman, Steve Carell's line about where did you get those clothes at the toilet store was inspired by the fact that before he hit it big, one of the jobs he had was working at a factory that made toilet seats. And after the movie became a blockbuster, the company gave Carell a gold toilet seat as a gift. Or number four, next year is the last year that the Islanders dynasty will be found on the Stanley Cup trophy. So to recap, Gavrilo Princip, the assassin who triggered World War I, was out of prison before the World War even ended. Number two, in 2010, Nicolas Cage purchased a plot in a New Orleans cemetery to construct a pyramid mausoleum. Number three, uh, Steve Carell's line in Anchorman, where'd you get those clothes at the toilet store, was inspired by the fact that he, uh, before he made it big, worked at a factory that made toilet seats. Or number four, next year is the last year the Islanders' dynasty will be found on the Stanley Cup trophy. I don't know if you're trying to anger the uh, the Long Islanders with that one. Uh, I, I just present these things, Hardy. I'm going to go with Nicolas Cage. Nicolas Cage? You're going to go with Nicolas Cage, really? Nicolas Cage. So you believe in 2010 Nicolas Cage purchased a plot in New Orleans Cemetery to construct a pyramid mausoleum? Yes, that is actually correct. It God, is? What is? What is going on? Yeah, I know. You're as surprised as anyone. Yes, that is correct. I would have figured for sure you would have taken the Islander one. Yes. So there you go. In your face, Gordon. In your face, Gordon. Something, something, something. This happens every once in a while. You ever play like a video game and like you play it repeatedly? Like I play Call of Duty. And uh, every once in a while, they'll give you one. They'll give you, a, I could do that, uh, the one where you're just battling against the, like the computer. Every once in a while, they give you one where it's, it's a lot of BS goes on. Uh, I feel like that's this just in what I learned on TikTok form. Something's fishy. Something stinks. All right, Joe, let's move on to you. Yeah, a lot of that going around lately. Uh, Joe, here you go, my friend. How are we doing today? You're, you feeling okay? Feeling good, feeling good. All right, you, you were coming down with a little something during the week. I want to make sure you're uh, – I didn't know that you'd be here today. No, glad you through a little bit of sore throat. God bless you. We're good. God bless you. Whatever you do, just cough in Harvey's direction. All right, here we go. Number one. In the uh, 1990s, a parrot named Echo was placed into witness protection after testifying against its owner. Number two, Snoop Dogg is the first celebrity to crack a million dollars on the app Cameo, where he charges $4.20 a pop. Number three, Ted Bundy, serial killer Ted Bundy's last meal included candy corn for dessert or number four the highest paid tattoo artist in the city of nashville currently is an eight-year-old so again to recap number one 1990s a parrot named echo was placed into witness protection after testifying against its owner snoop dogg the first celebrity on cameo to crack a million dollars on the app ted bundy ate candy corn for dessert on his last meal or the highest-paid tattoo artist in the city of Nashville currently is an eight-year-old kid? The only one that makes sense to me is Snoop Dogg, so I'll lock that one in. All right, lock it in. Nah, it's just made, I just made that up. I don't even think Snoop Dogg is on it anymore. I mean, I, I, like, I, I, 
I don't know how much he would charge, but like, does, does Snoop Dogg need an extra $400 here? Gotta work through all these, hey, happy birthday. I feel like some points, enough's enough. Medicinal ain't cheap, Gordon. Let's just put it that I way. guess, I guess. All right, so that one's out. That's not true. Uh, so again, to recap, the three you have left. 1990s, a parrot named Echo was placed into witness protection after testifying against its owner. Ted Bundy uh, ate uh, candy corn for dessert his last meal. Or uh, the highest paid tattoo artist in the city of Nashville is an eight-year-old kid. I'll lock in my hatred of candy corn, so give me candy corn with Ted Bundy. It would make a lot of sense, but no, that's not true. Candy corn is disgusting. Like, anybody who's... Hey, the candy corn. Like, can you imagine? There must have been a time where people really, humans, enjoyed candy corn. Why else would it still be around? The 1940s. That's the only They didn't have many options. They didn't have many options, I guess. There had to be better desserts than candy corn. That, that has to be... Like, if you're dating somebody, like, ooh, I really love candy. That has to be... Am- like, if your girlfriend right now, Joe said to you of all of a sudden you learned she really loved candy corn that would have to be a red flag for you right it would be the only red flag i would have but yes it's that that is a definite red flag i don't understand how people consume that garbage yeah that's and i'm i have a sweet tooth like anybody i would never eat it it would sit there forever i would never eat it and in terms of red flag it's like the flag that the guy carries on the jet games when he's running across the you know that giant that's how big the red flag is. All right, so I digress. We're down to two. 1990s parrot named Echo placed into witness protection after testifying against its owner. Or, now number two, the highest paid tattoo artist in the city of Nashville is an eight-year-old kid. As much as I would love to see a parrot on the stand, mm-hmm. I'm going to go with the eight-year-old tattoo artist. Lock it in. No, that's also I just made that up. God, uh, you're wrong. It feels like that could be believable. No, a, a parrot in 1990 apparently uh, was placed into witness protection after testifying against its owner. Did it have parrot to read cue cards? Like, how is I'm, a parrot I'm not, I'm not, That must have been a wacky trial. We'd like, like to now call in Echo. Flies into the, the witness stands. That's the definition of kangaroo court. I don't know if it's the definition. I think that that would be a kangaroo, but um, yeah, that's going to be a wild trial, man. We're now going to call a parrot to... <laughs> imagine being a, wit- a witness in that. Oh. Yeah, I don't know. Imagine going to... How'd you, how'd you get convicted? My, my parrot, a parrot ratted me out. Nine, you thought that the candy corn in the 40s was wild. We had parrots testifying in open court in the 90s. All right, so uh, we'll move on now. Uh, this one, the guys can team up, and this one, we reverse it. There's one lie here, and there's three facts. So it's the opposite of before. I'll give it to you. Guys can team up, as always. Here we go. Number one, there's a roller coaster in South Africa that has twice the amount of G-force as the space shuttle's launch. Number two, the vault at LEGO headquarters is made out of LEGOs. Number three, Melbourne, Australia gave their trees email addresses so people can report problems. Or number four, after being turned down by Macy's, the production of the film Elf was shot at a mental hospital in Vancouver. So again, to recap, a roller coaster in South Africa has twice the amount of G-force as the space shuttle launch. The vault at Lego headquarters is made out of Legos. Number three, Melbourne, Australia gave their trees email addresses so that people can report problems. Or number four, after being turned down by Macy's, the production of the film Elf 
was shot at a mental hospital in Vancouver. Well, I know where I'm going with this one. All right. What do you got? I think the Australian people are smarter than the Gibtrees email addresses, so let me lock that one in. All right. Lock that one in. Harvey, how are you feeling, my friend? I'm double locking that one right there. (laughs) Oh, we're sticking together this time, huh? Interesting. Interesting strategy. Let's see how it plays out. It turns out that that is true. No, uh, yeah, Melbourne, Australia. They actually gave him email addresses to report problems. But people started writing love letters to the tree. I mean, what are people? I mean, you got nothing else to do. You're writing love tree letters huggers. to trees. Got to get that I, bark somehow. I mean, it's very, very weird. It's trees. It's a tree, people. They've been around. They have no idea what you're doing. They don't care about you. It's very odd. They know uh, you exist? They don't. They're trees. At least go visit the parrot wherever he is. Echo, he's probably still around. They live a very long time. All right, so you got three still left. Uh, roller coaster in South Africa, twice the amount of G-Force as the space shuttle. A vault uh, at Lego's headquarters is made out of Legos. Or uh, after being turned down by Macy's, the film Elf was shot at a mental hospital. I'm going to go with the Legos. Okay, you lock that one in. You going to stick with Harvey again, Joe, or are you going to... No, I will differ this time. I'm going to go with the production of Elf. Okay. Well, I'll tell you, one of you is right, one of you is wrong. I don't like it. Harvey is actually correct. Yeah, yes. the fault at Legos. I just made. I, I actually got tired of trying to come up with something stupid, so I just came up with the most stupidest thing I could possibly think of, that the Lego headquarters vault is made out of Legos. Yes. So there you go. There, In your there, face, there's Gordon. The top, there's the, uh, In your top. face, Gordon. Yeah, that one was pretty dumb on my part. But there you go, my friends. That is what I learned this week on TikTok. And now because of this segment, you have learned it too. 1-800-919-ESPN is the telephone number. It is the Gordon Damer Show. Coming up, I, I teased it before. We never paid off the tease. Coming up next, we'll talk about the Yankees. There's a, there's a lot to talk about. Yeah. Now back to the Gordon Damer Show on 98.7 ESPN. There was a point this year, and and it's debatable when it was. I don't think that I was ever on the side of, hey, let's go for it. We can still make the playoffs. It was pretty clear from jump this year how this season was going to go. But the moment last week that Daniel Jones went down, and even if he didn't go down, if they had lost that game even with Daniel Jones, the path forward for the Giants was clear. And it is to lose as many games as humanly possible and and to have a hard reset after this year with as high draft picks, not just in the first round, all the rounds. The Giants' biggest problem, more so than a quarterback, more so than coaching, they have a talent problem. And they have to fix that talent problem. Joe Shane has to fix the talent problem. There's a reason why they don't measure up against the best teams. There's a reason why they don't measure up really against any team. And they could they could put a, a little lipstick on a pig kind of thing and, and just if Daniel Jones had come back and had played a little bit better and they won a game or two here or there, it still wouldn't be good. It would be the, the NFL equivalent of Spanx, like covering up a problem, making it look a little bit better when under the surface it's still it's still there. It just looks a little bit better. So now the Spanks have been removed. There's no more Spanks when it comes to the New York Giants. Now it's about being as bad as humanly possible. And we're not going to judge you. This is the best. It's not great in the, in the short term, but in the long term, this is what the Giants need. So this is a Zach-free zone, rest of the show today. And uh, it's a guilt-free zone for, for New York Giant fans at 1-800-919-ESPN. But we've gotten into the show this far. 
And uh, we've not really addressed uh, the Yankees week. And boy, what a week they had. Brian Cashman with the, uh, the best meltdown since uh, Colonel Jessup faced off against Daniel Caffey and a few good men. And I have to be honest with you, I thought that of the press conferences this week, Hal Steinbrenner looked way worse than Brian Cashman. Hal has officially become the parent who has all the tough talk that doesn't do actually anything. Like their kids are acting up and they're, oh, you wait until I get home. You wait until I tell your father. And then nothing happens. I'm going to, after this season, we're going to ask some tough questions. There's going to be major changes. And then it becomes, well, the changes might not seem that significant to the fans. They're, they'll be uh, such big moves, but you won't notice them. <laughs> yeah, okay. Okay. Sure. He sounded like someone who doesn't have a clue who talked to somebody who he thinks has a clue. And I think that the first thing that Hal would have to be told is like, the term big changes, like what does that actually mean? The, the we know what big changes should mean. And, and hiring a new hitting coach is, is not big changes. And, and just different parts of, um, of his press conference, that Zoom session, just looked and sounded ridiculous. Like he was asked a, qu- a simple question about, are you guys moving away from, from analytics and more towards um, like a coaching thing? Are they going to have a bigger seat at the table? And, and he talked around the pro, uh, uh, talking about the company that they hired and how they won't know anything until they run through the season. So this audit thing, that's not doing anything, which I don't think that at this point, when you first heard about it, you thought, oh, well, they're really going to get to the bottom. But then as you learn more and more, it was clear uh, that, that, that they're not going to do anything. Uh, he brought up how they shouldn't need to have a $300 million payroll to be successful, which he's right about. They shouldn't need to. But you need to have that because of who you have um, as your GM and your main decision maker. He said he kept Aaron Boone because he talked to people he respects, and the list was, it sounded like a list of people you ride an elevator with. It was uh, Omar Minaya, Brian Sabin, Nick Swisher was it? Nick Swisher. And I learned from the K Show this week that Cashman is a huge fan of Nick Swisher. So by asking Nick Swisher, you essentially asked Brian Cashman. Cool. What a shock that they came up with the same decision, right? I mean, if you already didn't feel good about the direction of the New York Yankees as an organization, 0.0% of things changed this week to make you feel better after hearing from the owner of the team. Now, the good news is, and this is huge, luckily, Brian Cashman also spoke this week. And that did really have to make you feel better as a Yankee fan because what you found out from Brian was everything's good. Everything is good. People are concerned. People are spinning some BS narratives, but the process is good. Boone's a good manager. The analytics, top-notch. Trades, on point. The Joey Gallo move, which nobody has brought up uh, for a while. Made perfect sense. Everybody was in agreement within the Yankee organization, so it must have been a really good move. The balance between uh, analytics and scale, it's all good. The team is effing good. Any criticisms of their process is generally going to fall into the, uh, the, the bucket of BS. There's a big old bucket of BS that's swirling around. And here I was worried. 
I was so concerned because uh, two years ago they got uh, embarrassed by the Astros again. And then last year they had their worst season in 30 years. So don't be me sitting here from afar without really having the knowledge of the great Brian Cashman running the organization for the last 25 years. I thought doesn't feel real good missing not just missing the playoffs but like barely finishing above 500 i i, th- I thought that there were some things to to concern about, but it turns out that th- those are all not true it's everything's good guys everything is good and the it was mason it was mainly uh the bucket of bs it falls into that bucket and uh, and it, injuries injury and there's much like the playoffs, which is our, our crapshoot, injuries. There's no way to predict injuries. There's no way. It's, I think that their team doctor is Dr. Spaceman from uh, 30 Rock. I'm pretty sure that that might be the case. So, Yankee fans, if you were concerned about the direction of where the Yankees are as an organization, I know Joe, Leo, you're a big Yankee fan. You might have been concerned. After hearing from Brian Cashman, didn't he put your mind at ease? Not one iota. What? But didn't you hear him tell you that the, the, the process behind the scenes is good and, and most of the, uh, the criticisms of the organization are generally BS? Didn't, didn't you hear him say that? Well, I heard him say that, yeah. but after I wiped my ears and rewound and then heard him say it again, I had to laugh because what has this organization done since 2017 that has progressed them to make or even win a world, to make and win a World Series? Well, see, and you see, that's the problem that, that Cashman kind of has is that he can point out these people that criticize him or the organization and, and and hit on them, uh, not hit on them, hit hit things with certain. That would be weird. Um, hit on certain things that he sees as 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 faults in their argument. But and he's ticked at those people that criticize him. But his real problem is that those people that criticize him, they keep turning out to be right. They keep turning out to be right. So when the Yankees say, "Don't trust," who are you going to believe, us or your lying eyes? that's the case with the Yankees. Like they give you things. No, no, no. You just don't understand. So it goes back to uh, several, like when they got rid of Girardi and, and their defensive of Gary Sanchez. No, 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 you don't, you guys don't get it. He's actually really good defensively. He, he does a lot of things defensively that are actually really good. And, and all of us basically were sitting around saying, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't see that. In fact, we see the opposite. Who turned out to be right? Or uh, the decision, uh, IKF is not really a short. No, no. Our metrics tell us that he will be a gold glove shortstop. And, and that didn't turn out to be the case because this year they had him playing the outfield even though he'd never played the outfield before. Was the, was the player on the 2023 New York Yankees who played more outfield than anyone else on the team. So... Brian Cashman has proven time and time again here over the last few years that you can't trust his judgment. I would say the Yankees' judgment, but at this point, he is the Yankees. He is the main decision maker, and it seems pretty clear from the way that he kind of defended everything that's happened here the last couple of years and listening to Hal Steinbrenner on the same day 
that it's not Hal who's the, the, the guy running the show. It's Cashman. And kind of felt that way anyway, but it, 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 it definitely made you uh, more convinced that that is the case. And over the last few years, it's clear as well that Brian will find any excuse outside of his own performance. So the only saving grace, and I was being sarcastic about feeling better after hearing from Brian Cashman, I don't think anybody could feel, as a Yankee fan, feel better after hearing from both of them on the same day. Um, the only good news, the only silver lining that came about those two press conferences, they have all the power to prove us all wrong. All the doubters, all the, the critics, all the, the naysayers, they can prove us all wrong this offseason by going out and significantly improving the team. Brian was saying at some point uh, during that press conference, oh, nobody could have predicted. Never saw this season coming. Nobody here saw 2023 coming. This was a plan. Uh, some people were saying that this might be our best, ro best roster. Best roster? What are you talking about? Are the Yankees so insular that, that, that nobody can braise the, the, the obvious? Take a look at the lineup. We saw the lineup early on in the season, and I said, this, this ain't that, man. This is Judge and, and, and hopefully Rizzo and, and maybe Stanton, but they got a lot of dead wood, and it turned out exactly that way. So, and, and the bench was terrible. The offense has been the problem. So the good news is they have the power. They can go and prove us all wrong. And I would say the way they can prove us all wrong, go get Juan Soto. Go get Juan Soto. Go. And I'm not saying that that's going to fix everything because the list of problems is far more significant than that. But if they want to prove that they're the New York Yankees and they're still the same as always, go get a superstar in Juan Soto. You've passed up on a lot of superstars here over the last few years. Those moves have turned out to be wrong. Go get him. He's available. He's awesome. Now, that can't be the only move, but that would be a really good start. And so for Brian, even the defenses about uh, Joey Gallo or Sonny Gray or, or, or Jordan Montgomery, well, who picked up uh, Gallo after we did? The Dodgers and the Twins. He sucked for them too. What are you talking about? Yes, they made the same mistakes as you made, but it was mistakes. And, and I don't think that they were expecting to get as much out of him as you thought you were going to get out of him. And it was wrong. We all got to see how it played out. But more importantly than that, examples of Sonny Gray and, and Jordan Montgomery, they went other places and they got better than when you had them. That's a, that has to question what you saw and how you were able to get the most out of the, the pieces that you had. So when Jordan Montgomery got traded and people, oh, how could you trade him? He's, it wasn't so much that you traded him. It was that he got better after he left. You didn't get as much out of him as other people were able to get. That, that makes us question your judgment. And it ain't the only thing. 1-800-919-ESPN is the telephone number. 1-800-919-3776. Coming up, our NFL picks for week number 10. We'll do it next on the Gordon Damer Show, 98.7 FM, ESPN New York.